Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. In my hands. 205 DGS. See you guys at Capitol Grill tonight. Uh, me and uh, the fellas will be in the bar back uh, in one of the backs to have a big, uh, have big booths there. And we're just hanging out. Like, literally, we're, we got nothing. We're just hanging out and having a couple drinks and steaks. Uh, they're having a bar special. You get the Glover Burger and a glass of Merlot for 25 bucks. Uh, in the dining room, you can get a 14-ounce bone-in strip, a side, and the generous pour, which is seven orange Swift wines to choose from, pretty much as much of them as you want. Your meal and all the wine for 70 bucks. That's just tonight. Uh, you just need to mention that you're there with the show. And if you do choose to sit in the dining room and you would like us to visit you, just let us know, and we'll walk back and... Uh, you know, Andrew will eat some of the fries off your plate. Oh, more than the fries. <laughs> Have you guys seen the, uh, what's it called? <clears throat> the French fry boards? No. So you know what charcuterie is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We've all seen a charcuterie board. <clears throat> this is every type of fry and every type of sauce. Ooh. So this is a new thing that restaurants are doing and people are doing. So you got your curlies, you got your crinkles, you got your shoestring, you got your big floppy ones like Five Guys, and you got your ranch, and you're this, and you're this, and you're this. So this is all the rage people do in the French fry charcuterie. Let's go. Yeah, that sounds good to that's me. That's really good amazing. Idea. I'm partial to a tot myself. That might be my overall favorite is a tater tot. Yeah, pretty good. Never met a tot I didn't like. No. Do you count a tot as a fry? Uh-oh, oh yeah, go. I mean it's it's a, it's a tater. It's in the family. It's mm-hmm. a it's a tater, but but like would you say it's more from the hash brown? Yeah, family. I was gonna yeah. say is a hash brown a fry? But it's not. No. We it's a little but strange it's a fried to potato, order though. hash browns with the burger. But if you do tots in a burger, yeah, it falls into the fry family. Burger weird again. I know I burger. said it weird earlier when you asked yeah. what I was gonna get tonight too. I was like probably a burger. 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 You should let me order it for you. <laughs> You're like, ah, uh, the pretty lady in the bar wants a burger. burger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I guess I'm one of the fellas because you said you're taking the fellas to Capitol yep. Grill tonight. I didn't know what to say. Yep. I started saying my boys. That didn't work either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Sarah, what do you have? I guess. <laughs> that was a weird. That was a weird thing you uh, just yes. said. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right, uh-huh, I do, but so, I'm going to need that sound. Uh, I would yes. love if he just went back. I'll into just the do that every time thing. now. Tater tots. <laughs> Are they fries or hash browns? <laughs> he just did my story. Have you guys heard of the charcuterie board? <laughs> <laughs> I I did have um I did have a story I wanted to get into that was tied into the shooting at North Carolina yesterday. Right, so this was, it It seems like it was kind of an interpersonal thing. The graduate student shot someone. It may, it was a faculty member. We don't know exactly the story. But anyway, that whole thing happened. And did you guys see what happened as it was going on? There was a tweet that kept going around, and it was 
supposedly from a person that lived in uh, in Chapel Hill who was saying, uh, it's my eight-year-old daughter's first day of school, and this is what she has to go. This is the exact tweet. It said, uh, I'm in Chapel Hill, and this is my eight-year-old's first day at school, and she's on lockdown because of an at-large shooter on UNC's campus. I'm so, so blanking tired of this stupid nightmare country. This is the tweet. And people that were looking into it have found that that tweet came from, it looks like, hundreds of different random anonymous accounts from all over the world, not just in the United States, but like a lot of international folks that were putting this through. So um, a, a guy that studied studies these kinds of things looked into it, and he's posted like all these screenshots of these different things. They were taking the same videos from Chapel from UNC, and they were you know embedding them in the tweet, and it was the exact same tweet from all these hundreds and hundreds of different accounts. And this guy who looked into it said when he looked into them, they were mostly either bots or they were not American accounts. They were from outside. So what this seems to tell us is that we're still being targeted for division. Mm -hmm. There are people that are outside that know that the best way to do damage to us is to get us fighting each other. Because what this tweet would do is inflaming people on the left, right? That would be the point of that tweet. It would be inflaming anybody that wants more strict gun laws or whatever. And then you have the trolls and online groups like this that do the same thing from the right. And we say it all the time. I mean, we talk about this as a group all the time. We are most at we are most vulnerable and we are most at risk from infighting, not from an outside attack. Nobody's going to attack this country from in its current state with military and all that. Nobody's going to attack from the outside and bring it down. It's not going to happen. The only way you can cause us damage is through the inside. It's kind of a different version of what Al-Qaeda tried to do, right? They knew that bringing down buildings wasn't going to crush our country by itself, but they were hoping that certain actions would follow that would do damage to the country. I don't know that it's achieved the goals that they would have set out, but at least for a period of time, it probably did. But how long have we been hearing about this type of stuff where online trolls are using Facebook and Twitter and all of these different apps, and we had all of this whining about TikTok and what's going on, and it, oh, it's Chinese, when all of the social media outlets have these same dynamics where people are pretending to be from the United States and they're taking hot-button stories and issues and they are just pouring fuel onto the flame because they know we will fight each other if you just pour a little bit of fuel onto it. What does that tell us? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to my story last week <clears throat> about the study on chimpanzees, that when it's one tribe, they fake fight, and when it's two tribes, they attack and kill each other. And that we've gone from one... Uh, complicated tribe to at least two and i think we're seeing chimp behavior i really mm -hmm. do i think that's what we're seeing i just how are we not smart enough to see that this is happening i mean when you we, this isn't the first time and we see this all the time when any whenever it's a hot button issue we see it all the time with guns both from from both ends i mean this is on the left side of the spectrum you'll see it on the other side too where maybe whether it's russian trolls or whatever are just fanning the flames. They're just, they're poking you know, at us knowing I, that we will attack each other if we get the chance. I think it's probably a recipe of 
uh, arrogance that well, nothing's ever going to happen to our country. This is kind of just a game we're playing here. I think it's probably a lack of consequences that certainly there have been people from my generation and uh, and uh, Rachel's generation who have fought and been injured or died, but not like my mom and dad's generation. You know, when uh, the men came home from World War II, I think they probably had seen a side of life where they're like, yeah, no, we're just going to go to work and we're going to build a country and we're going to raise a family. We're going to go to baseball games and no malarkey, no shenanigans. If you say something about my wife, I'm going to punch you in the nose. And it's just as simple as that. And we haven't grown up like that. We haven't grown up with horrible consequences like that. So I think that we're sort of like little kids who haven't lived a full life yet. And, uh, you know, we're messing around with maybe one day we're going to find out. You know, we always think that we act like the enemy is the person across the street or across the aisle, maybe the better way to put it. So we get the left versus the right. There are actually much larger entities outside the country that are the real enemies that are the ones that want the country to fail. And they are counting us to do it to ourselves. They're counting on us to do it to ourselves. And so far, I would say if I were one of those people, I would say that it's going better than I ever expected. I would agree. Well, how the thing about like the tweets like that, that are the, you know, just trying to stoke the flames or whatever. How would you know? How are we supposed to know to look out for those? That's the tricky thing about this. And that's part of why I think it's so effective. How would we know to look out for that, right? How would we even have the paranoia, especially since the things that they're saying are actually beliefs that people hold, right? I mean, people are upset by gun violence in the country. Yeah, that could have been written by anyone we know. Yeah, it could have. I could have written that. You know what I mean? So it's like I kind of think whenever there's these stories about this disinformation, while it is a bummer and, and while I think you're totally right that it's happening, how are we supposed to stop it or even think to be on the lookout for it? And I see people who are on the lookout for it, and they look nuts. They think everything is a bot. They think that if you go on there and are like, eh, I'm not so sure about that one, Chief. They're like, oh, well, the Russians are out again or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, how do you know to even look for this? Well, I think one of the things that we all need to do more to protect ourselves is stop looking at everything on a surface level. Um, I know it's hard, and I know you can't, like, look into every tweet. But, like, I, I clicked on a couple of these. I clicked on one just a second ago that has over 8,400 likes. It's been retweeted 1,200-plus times. And it's just that same thing. It's a copy and paste. It's the exact same thing. And I look at the replies to it, and instantly it goes right into, well, if you don't like it here, why don't you move to someplace else? I mean, it immediately goes yeah. right into the fighting, and... I, I, there's another example of this, and it's a it's a much less serious example, but there's a whole bunch of things going on today about a college football player, Art, Art, Peyton Manning's nephew, Arch Manning. He's going to get paid almost $3 million in the name, image, and likeness, and somebody's posting this viral thing like, he's going to make more than Joe Burrow, who's the star of the Bengals this year, and it's not true. Burrow's going to make like $25 million this year, but it's already going viral because somebody, and nobody will ever click to look past what they see on the surface. Nobody will ever look under the hood. Let me make a statement and tell me whether you agree with it, that clearly we have not faced sufficient consequences to make us 
slow down, much less stop. Yeah. And here's an example. And this is not a your your rant is not about Donald Trump. But I think this is a really good analogy. Uh, most of us remember. I remember watching it live the the evening when the Senate went back in on January 6th and did the vote, and Lindsey Graham stood up. You could probably find the sound. You don't have to, but I can hear it in my head. And he's like. I really wanted to do. I really wanted to support Trump. I really, uh, but enough is enough, and I'm done. And count me out. And that is it, because he had seen the consequences of January 6th, and it made him sick, and it scared him, and he was out for what a week, and and he's back in bigger than ever. I I don't know whether we need bigger consequences than past generations. What you know, like with World War II? It was. Here's World War II, bang. And with us, maybe it's more, you know, peppered here and there with school shootings and and January 6th and stolen elections and all these things. Maybe we are just, I'm not saying we're tougher than the the, the greatest generation. Maybe we're just more desensitized. It takes more to get our attention in such a way that we change our behavior. Things get our attention. We'll talk about it. And as you know, I'm famously not on social media, so I don't see these things. But we'll, it, it seems to just keep increasing it, almost like an antibiotic, that if you take an antibiotic but you don't take all of it, it just makes the bacteria stronger. And it's almost like that. And I'm not wishing for some catastrophic thing to happen so that we all go, oh, I'm, I'm deleting my Facebook. But nothing's worked yet. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. I just feel like it's what I always say. I just feel like we are so spoiled and catered to that. Why would you look under the hood? As Kevin said, why would the average person choose to do that whenever instead they could choose to have information that just lines up with their beliefs pumped into their feed and then they never have to reevaluate or have to change their mind on something. And I'm not trying to say that in a condescending way. I just think the average person is busy. They're not that plugged in. They have their beliefs. They have their way they see the world. They're not that interested in the other point of view. And I'm talking about people on both sides of the aisle. This is not an attack on the right or the left. I'm just saying I think most people have their point of view and they're not really that interested in changing it. And we live in an age where you can have curated news, curated information, curated reality so there's not really there's no incentive to, ch- you know to change or to learn the other way. What would be interesting and will be because it's probably going to happen. <clears throat> Wheels, you've always said like just look at who's benefiting, and it's always the people that you don't even know. They're so yeah, high yeah, up. The there names you couldn't even pick out that they want the right fighting the left and this 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 and the media and CNN and Fox and the whole bit. What happens when that no longer serves them? Either we get so out of control that they're like, oh, we're going to kill the golden goose here. If they, the big they, wanted to stop all of this manipulation, I wonder how they would do it or if they could. Well, I don't know. It's a good question, right? At one point or at some point, does the monster outgrow control? It's a really Mm. good question. And like, I think, Rachel, another what you made a really good point. and, And maybe this ties into this, too, because a lot of people that do buy stuff like this at face value are probably Gen X or Boomer and, and to a degree millennials oh, I, I think as well. Plenty of millennials we, are doing it too. But a lot what I'm saying is a lot of the people in those generations grew up where you could actually believe what you saw. Yeah. If it's you in didn't print, have to it's look reliable. into it. Right. Yeah. And we've grown this distrust. And I actually think in a good way, this distrust of just the official story. 
Like, because sometimes it is BS and sometimes it's not, but we do, it's good to question. But we don't question when we see our fellow citizens, in quotes, doing those things. We'll see it on Twitter or Facebook and we're like, oh, look at that. Would you believe this crazy thing? And then you forward it to all your friends. And what percentage of them will actually look into it? Mm-hmm. And I get this. I have the reputation, believe it or not, in my family of being the guy that craps on everybody's chain emails. Because our, our aunts or uncles, and they'll send these things. Can you believe this? And I'll reply to the whole group. Well, no, I can't because it's not true. Here's the link. This is all BS. You should probably look into this before you send it to 100 people. And I, what percentage of the group does that, though? It's just me. 1%. Hmm. And I think that's what all of these people that yeah. use bot farm stuff, that's what they count on. The fact that only a small percentage will actually go, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I can't talk about it because I sent the fake... I didn't want to be the one to bring it up. I'm not looking under the hood. I'm not doing my research. I'm just forwarding the information that I want to see. The first picture you saw. Yep. I'm like, there it is. But you also debunked yourself. (laughs) That's true. So you did do something. But coming from rage, it could have been like a picture of Yosemite Sam, and I'm oh, like, yeah. wow, he yeah. looks a lot like Yosemite oh, yeah. Sam. Yeah. I, told you, I showed it to Megan like, it's from Rachel, so I know this. It's got to be real. I 100% agree. So speaking of uh, consequences, have you guys seen the video? I believe it's the native police in Nevada, and it's a bunch of environmentalists who have blocked the road, and uh, the line of cars stretch stretches for miles and hours and it's just these, like, I hate, to, I don't want to, like, stereotype or whatever, but, like, a bunch of, you know, young girls and old grizzled men and, like, very neo-hippie, and they're blocking a highway. And uh, you see this uh, big truck from the native police pull up and just knock it down and then uh, immediately turn around and all the protesters are filming it, and they're like, we're filming this, and this is going to bleh. And they, the guy gets out of the truck, and he like puts them all on the ground and handcuffs them, and they're screaming, but we're environmentalists. <laughs> and I don't know which side I should be on, but it sure it made me feel good. Man. <laughs> I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but like just... Like I talked about last week when the lady was screaming because she had a baby in the van that was not breathing. And she's like, I'm taking the, my baby to the ER. And they're just like, hey, you got to stop big oil somehow. And just like, oh, my God, I hate you. I, I think they were blocking the road to Burning Man. That's what it was. I think that's why there are so many cars. That's what it was. I <laughs> mixed emotions on oh that Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I, uh, Did you see the video of this? No. Oh, my God. The, the car line of cars looks like it goes all the way back to New York. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, how rarely, far that goes. Well. I rarely think blocking traffic helps your case. You know what I mean? Like, it only serves to upset people, but people aren't upset like, oh, we have to do something about this oil or right. whatever. Yeah. It's more like, <laughs> you're harming we have to your do cause. something about the jackasses in the road. Yeah, yeah, and then you're probably embarrassing half the people who are on your side for your oh, cause, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what is the point? 235 DGS, we have uh, Ricky Horton coming up in the next segment, top of the hour, live in studio, be my good pal, Rocky Sickman. The Think Tank today is uh, Megan and Gene Evans, so that should be really good. Can we do my olives one? Do you have that? Yes, I okay, have it right here, let me dude. describe it. <clears throat> First of all, I loathe Maury Povich. I hate him. Uh, I feel the way about Maury Povich that uh, Ranji and Wheeler feel about people who run out on the field. Okay. <laughs> Not enough bad things can happen to Maury Povich. Uh, 
And oh. I just hate the fact that he made billions of dollars by just uh, manipulating and exploiting people like what I'm going to play for you. Uh, in this clip, it is a woman who is terrified of olives, and uh, he shows her a jar of olives, and she reacts. Sally. <laughs> Sally. Black olives or green olives? Any. Any. No Doesn't matter. Okay. Why olives? Because they might be dead people. Why do, they remi- why do they remind you of my, dead? My grandpa sat up in his coffin and looked at me when he died. And so he looked up at you when he died? With green he eyes. With green eyes? With a black in them. How old were you when this happened? Seven. Seven. And you really believe that your grandfather came right up out of his coffin and he had green like eyes? Had. And ever since then, you've been scared of olives. Do you eat olives? No, we can't even come down the aisle. Okay. Now, you can't even go down the aisle of a, depart- of a grocery store? Mary, you won't let go of me. Oh, yeah. Bring out the olives. No! 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 I'm not sure which of them I dislike the most. Oh, my goodness. Just when he said, bring out the olives. <laughs> just Like a uh, medieval king. <laughs> I, now, I'm going to be honest with you. I had only heard the part from when he says, she won't let go of me. Bring out the olives. I didn't hear the part the where trauma. her, right, her yeah, grandpa right. looked like he had olive eyes. Yeah, my grandpa looked at me in his casket and he had the eyes of... of uh, I feel uh, kind of bad now. Yeah. Well, and, and he, if you if you watch the video, which you absolutely should... He's like mugging at the camera in the audience. He's like, mm, Grandpa's <laughs> eyes, huh? This idiot. <laughs> and he just goes, like Rachel said, he just goes, Bring up the olives. <sighs> Let's now, get this over with. Now, if she's pretending, no big pretty, deal. Pretty good actor. No, but no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. If that's a legit fear, he was just torturing that woman yeah. on television. I mean, she did agree to come on the show. Still. I mean, it's. I'm not saying it's right, but yeah. she did want to work this out in some way. I'm gonna tell camera. you another thing. <laughs> that thing about her grandpa having dead olive eyes is gonna visit me tonight. <laughs> yeah, when I'm in bed. Oh, no. no, I thought about when you sent me this, and I was watching the when I was getting the audio. I was like, oh, this is not gonna be good for Dave. No. Let me guess. I'm the only one here that likes olives. Yeah. Yeah. Not I, a fan. I kind of react the way she does. <laughs> not like that, but no. I could just tell a non-olive liker. <laughs> uh, okay, so I want you guys to guess what this audio is. Not Andrew, because he knows because he put it in the system. <laughs> but I want uh, Wheels and Dave to try to guess what this is. <laughs> just guess. <laughs> Someone on a plane losing it? The pig. <laughs> Both good guesses. Uh, Dave is the closest. It is a baby on a plane. This was posted to TikTok, and someone just posted the audio and a picture of their deadpan face going, He sounds like R2D2. He does! <laughs> he does! Did you see that? Uh, I don't know what airline it is, <laughs> but they're going to start having adult only flights. Yeah, I have that in headlines. Oh, that's mm. awesome. Pretty cool. I'm sure you'll have to pay a premium for could it. But. You, hey, could if you, you want to intersperse the baby and the olive lady for me? <laughs> I don't think I have a way of doing that because they're on the same channel. <laughs> Bring out the olives. 
<laughs> that baby did sound like R2D2. I kind of like need, need to hear the <laughs> All right, let's hear. Let's see. We're just going to have to listen through like the whole dead olive thing. I want to hear. I'm afraid of that. I want to hear the whole thing. It's like, I don't want to hear that. So, am I playing it or am I no, not? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Wheels, your audio is about the Matrix. All right, yeah. So, this is. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't remember how much of it's on there, but this is Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about the one big flaw in the Matrix. I think he's talking not so much about the fictional machines being wrong, but the writers not understanding the science of it. I thought it was interesting. The average person is operating anywhere between 50 and 100 watts. Okay. What the machines did in the Matrix is line us all up and draw the 80 watts of power from every person. However, it's extremely inefficient. Yeah. You know why? I gotta be eating something. Thank you! So, in order for all of the Matrix people in the pods to be feeding 80 watts of power, the Matrix has to feed them. So this is their weak point in their storytelling. And I will give them a hall pass because they did everything else so brilliantly. But that one was just plain stupid. Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. <laughs> but then they wouldn't have had a movie. I'm sorry to talk so much about disliking people. Oh, I'm ready to go if you don't want to take this one. Nerd alert. You take this one. I'm just, oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, it's a movie, bro. (laughs) It's not real. It didn't really happen. And it's the whole thing of like, you know, like, we know. You're not a genius for figuring. Like, it just bothers me with him the way he talks down to people as if, like, everyone else is so stupid and I'm the only one who figured it out. Like, shut up. He just irks me. I've seen, like, one interview of him that he didn't actively make me mad but in general i just i'm not a neil degrasse tyson gal he's i'm okay smug with smug to me i'm okay with him when he's actually just explaining a science thing but not like commenting yeah the commentary sense? is too much you but know what he the reason does. i wanted to play this is because one of the things that bothers me the most about people who talk about sci-fi movies is the lack of realism like, it's well, you know, it can't be a lightsaber because light doesn't have an end on it. It's it would go infinite. Like, yeah, I know. It's fake, dude. I mean, <laughs> so it's a fictional didn't world. It really happen. The movie Signs has been in the in the going around, going viral lately because people are like, ooh, uh, it still bothers me that the aliens invaded a place that had, uh, you know, it was all water, but it's allergic to water. And, like, so guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson mm. and all those Twitter accounts that's like, these are what all these movies did wrong. Mm-hmm. The Matrix didn't have any food in it or whatever. <laughs> Like, the reason, it's, the point of the movie is that the aliens went to a place full of water. It's a bunch of unrelated things all connecting together to restore Mel Gibson's faith in God. That's the whole point of the movie. So when you go like, uh, isn't it kind of dumb that the aliens would have chosen to invade a place full of water? That's the point of the movie. Right. Well, And Neil deGrasse Tyson is like the progenitor of this because he's constantly going out and going like, uh, in Star Wars, uh, lasers could not take shape as swords. <laughs> Think of it like too, like this kind of thing, or the great one, the great uh, uh, example with signs. The, we are all like these science guys are making the assumption that, well, they must be geniuses if they did this. Well, guess what? Uh, we crossed oceans. We made it from one side to the other, and we ran into problems we didn't we didn't figure <clears throat> we would see. Speaking of sci-fi, <clears throat> here's a clip of my favorite horror movie. Sally. <laughs> Sally. Black olives or green olives? Any. Any color? Doesn't matter. Okay. Why olives? Because they might be dead people. 
Why do they remind? Why do they remind you of dead? My grandpa sat up in his coffin and looked at me when he died. And so he looked up at you when he died. With green eyes. With green eyes. With a black in them. How old were you when this happened? Seven. Seven. And you really believe that your grandfather came right up out of his coffin and he had green eyes. And ever since then, you've been scared of olives. Do you eat olives? No, we can't even come down the aisle. Okay. Now, you can't even go down the aisle of a depart of a grocery store. Mary, you won't let go of me. Oh, yeah. Bring out the olives. <laughs> Sally! <laughs> Sally, I don't have anything! 250 on the dot, DGS on KMOX. Time to talk to our pal Ricky Horton. Hey, Rick. Hey, Dave. How are you? What's going on? Good, buddy. So tomorrow is KMOX Day at the ballpark, and I wanted to ask you as a player, a fan, a member of the team, a broadcaster, to talk a little bit from your unique position about uh, what uh, the Cardinals have meant to KMOX and what KMOX have meant to the Cardinals. Well, you know, it has been kind of a, a totally symbiotic kind of relationship. When you think KMOX, you think of the Cardinals. When my parents would listen to me play in New York, they would listen to KMOX on the radio. Now, they had the antenna sticking out of the window with aluminum foil on it. (laughs) But that's how how powerful the signal was. And and they were so grateful for that opportunity to listen to my games. Now, it was a different era. But as you you think back uh, on the era of the Cardinals, I mean, or on the the history of the Cardinals, it goes back a long time. And, And the growth of the Cardinals, the growth of, uh, of what Camo X has been part of that growth. I mean, you cannot separate the two. It's just uh, really been a wonderful relationship, and uh, it's going to be a fun celebration. And uh, last night was so frustrating. I was I was oh. watching, and and those uh, you didn't see them because you're doing radio. But those TV shots of Adam when we had like two on and one out, and Kisner struck out. Man, that was heartbreaking. Well, I do have a monitor, so I did see it, and 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 and, and I and it was heartbreaking for me too because he pitched so well, and and honestly, at, at the end of it, when the day is over, you say, "Isn't that great that Adam pitched well?" So there's hope for the next, you know, six or seven starts that he has. So that's a good thing, uh, but you know, you know, the players are trying, especially uh, hard to uh, get Adam some runs, but right now they're in a bit of a funk. They just can't get enough hits they can't get enough runs and you know we're a little limited too in terms of our, our players right now but uh, it's certainly a frustrating game and uh, i think uh, you know we're, we're trying to center on all the positives that are going on and they go on every day at every ballpark in america and to me that's the value of uh, what baseball can bring wins and losses are good but even without them you can still have fun at the ballpark ricky uh you know i, I counted it up today it sounds like if, if things stay on schedule wayno has got six more starts yeah, uh, including yeah. the very last game of the season. Yeah. So, yep. you know, we can keep that 200 hope alive. How, in your, just from your experience being around the game, how big of a deal is that milestone typically to a person? Because if you look at Wayno's career, he's missed the equivalent of like three and a half seasons, right? I mean, you had the COVID year, you had Tommy John, you had the Achilles. You know, he's had some misses. He could easily be at 240 or 250 right now, but he's not. How much does that mean to somebody? Well, I think it still means a lot. It's a numbers-oriented game, although I think wherever he ends up, I think we'll still say, if Albert didn't get 700, would we say he had a good career? Yes. 
I mean, so, so I think the same way about Wainwright, you just like to finish it a little neater and uh, like wrap a bow on the yeah. present, basically. And I, th- I feel like that's how we are with, with Wayno. So I hope it happens. I, I mean, we all, I think everybody's hoping it happens. I think Matt Carpenter was hoping that it happened, even though he got a big hit mm. off of uh, Carp, yes, or off of uh, Wayno yesterday. So I think it really is a, a heartstrings thing for all of us. Uh, Rick, I wanted to ask you your opinion. Everyone's fascinated with Shohei Otani, and now that he'll be facing Tommy John surgery, uh, what do you think this means for his value? What would you still do if you were a GM? Just talk to me about it. Well, I'd sign him in a heartbeat. I, I mean, I, and I would just assume you sign him as a pitcher also because his upside is extraordinary after the fact. Tommy John is a 98% successful surgery now with big league pitchers. If it's a shoulder, that's a lot less and a lot more problematic. But I think you know that eventually, a year and a half from now, he's going to be a dominant pitcher again. So, you know, I think the value is going to be beyond what maybe some people think it is. But, you know, there's there, – Ali actually said this the other day. There are 30 smart teams in baseball. They're all thinking the same way. So I think his value is still going to be high, and I don't think he's going to be cheap to get. You know, the, the part that we don't get to measure on our side, Ricky, is that – he is a rock star. Like, he's probably yeah, oh. the most famous person in his home country of Japan. He's one yeah. of the most famous people in the U.S. He's doing national ads. He brings way more than just on the field. I mean, he's, he's bringing tens of millions of dollars in revenue beyond what he's doing on the field. And not to mention the fact that he's, he just brings that star quality. So coming from a guy, you know, I've never been the best player or the most well-known player in my own neighborhood. So the fact that this guy is the best player and the most well-known person in an entire country uh, is very meaningful. And, and, you know, again, you think about the future of this game, too, and, and the, the way we can, are connecting with younger fans, that matters more and more. It matters more to the bottom line. I think of the game of baseball, he's got a great personality that I think he brings to the game. So uh, you're going to get an awful lot of extras. Whoever signs Otani we'll get a lot of extras along with it. I'm right. calling it half a billion. He's going to top wow. 500 million. I'll start passing the hat tonight. <laughs> Have a great game, Rick. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.